Welcome to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, and observations of life, written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. I'm Peter Jay. Join us now as we share and enjoy musings and moments as told by the authors themselves. Our writers today... I'm Faith Flaherty. Hi, I'm Joe Ewald. Hi, I'm Kathy Salzberg. Hi, I'm Clarice Cargill. Hello, I'm Alice Judge. Hi, I'm Carol Belcher. Hi, I'm Gail Alcaris. And I'm Sue Wade. And once again, we are back with another goodly group of talented writers. I know that you all have some amazing Halloween stories. According to Sue, I got the inside dope, the skinny, on what you people have been working on. So I assume that there will be many scary things discussed today. Ghosties, goblies, maybe even an IRS tax audit. (laughs) Um, One never knows. Uh, Anyway, Sue, let's get into it with our very first writer. Very good. Our first writer is Faith Flaherty. Halloween at the Brick School. It's known as the Brick School. At one time, all the children in Franklin attended the Brick School. It was remembered quite fondly by the residents. But time goes on and change is inevitable. The town grew and needed more schools, bigger and better. Inevitably, the town closed the school and there it sat, unused. That was the state of the building until this one particular Halloween night. Neighbors noticed that there were lights in the windows. When people approached the school, children's voices were heard. The children were singing. One little, two little, three little pumpkins, four little, five little, six little pumpkins, seven little, eight little, nine little pumpkins, all for Halloween night. People tried the door and it was locked. The windows were locked also. What was going on? What mischief is this on Halloween night? Word spread quickly, and soon the entire neighborhood surrounded the brick school. The mood was curiously anticipatory. Everyone wondered what to make of it. Since the neighborhood was gathered around the school and in the schoolyard, no one noticed that all the trick-or-treat candy was disappearing from the neighborhood's houses. Silently, And stealthily, little ghosts and goblins, princesses and pirates, werewolves and witches entered the neighborhood's homes and took all the Halloween treats. But the people at the brick school were oblivious. Eventually, the children singing inside the school faded out. All was silent. The lights went out. Rather suddenly, the crowd gasped. There seemed to be a collective blink. But then everyone laughed nervously and walked home talking about the strange event. No one knew what to think or say. And no one knew who stole their candy either. But I will tell you one thing. Everyone kept a closer eye on that brick school from then on. And the town council and the school committee didn't dare demolish that building. In fact, from that night on, it became a Halloween tradition for the neighborhood to gather around the brick school to party and sing one little, two little, three little pumpkins, four little, five little, six little pumpkins, seven little, eight little, nine little pumpkins, all for Halloween night. 
Do we need a maniacal laugh here? <laughs> that was great. Now let me. I'll work on. I'll audition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Oh my god. That's very good. I like that one. Yeah. It's the one I plan to use when I take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Little pumpkins, nine of them. Then there were eight. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Moving right along. That was very good. Our next reader is Joe Ewald. Hi, I'm Joe Ewald. The title of my story is called Tis the Season of the Witch. Today is actually the mainstay of the title of this story. There are places where witches and warlocks are part of the general population. A couple of them that come to mind is Salem, Massachusetts, which might be considered the witch capital of the world. The second example that comes to mind is Portland, Maine, where I lived for six years. I personally was exposed to actual practicing witches. They would walk down the street dressed in their garb. The warlocks were wearing their long capes and robes and at times while carrying their scepters, toe in hand. Their counterparts were wearing long flowing gowns that when the wind was blowing would enhance their appearance. Also on this day, when the sun goes down, demons from the dead actually rise from below. My brother Tim and myself actually encountered one such episode when we were walking out on Halloween night going to the store in an area where there was nobody around. When out of the dark was yelling and screaming at the both of us, there was no words, just a strange howling like that of a wolf. To conclude this story, there are two good things. One is all the children having a good time dressed in their different costumes and collecting their candy. The second one is that Halloween is followed by All Saints Day, which is revered in some circles. To which I conclude, have a happy Halloween. Very good. Very, very good. Thank you. I almost thought you were going to put in um, Transylvania in that story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, Transylvania 3 just came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it turns out that All Saints Day is my birthday. Oh, oh happy birthday. Thank happy you. Birthday. So everybody basically now refers to it as All Saints Day. And oh, yeah, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I'm not a saint? Not yet. Not yet. We are going to move right along. Who's up next, Sue? Yeah, the next person to read is Kathy Salzberg. Yay, Kathy. Thank you. This is Kathy Salzberg, and this is a timely tale for Halloween. Each year when Halloween rolls around, I get to thinking about black cats and why they are considered evil. The story goes that two men were traveling home by horse and buggy, and when a black cat crossed their path, they decided to corner the poor thing and pelt it with stones. Why they did this was never explained. Just a pair of idiots with nothing better to do, I would guess. 
Cats are pretty shifty, though, and this one escaped from the nasty oafs and ran into a nearby house, which was occupied by an elderly woman who lived alone. The very next day, the old lady was spotted in the village with visible bruises all over her. Thus, the story was born that witches could turn into black cats at night, and after that, black cats were forever linked with witchcraft. Also after that, things went downhill for the black cat. The Catholic Church caught wind of the witch story, and the Pope at the time, Gregory IX, issued an edict which proclaimed that all black cats were the spawn of Satan and were capable of black magic. People's beliefs about black cats were thus confirmed, so they started killing them left and right. Millions were senselessly killed. This was during a time in human history when the benefits of cleanliness and good hygiene were not understood. Unfortunately, the subsequent rise in rats, lice, and vermin helped to spread the bubonic plague, which claimed the lives of millions across Europe. You might even say the cats got their revenge. So the moral of the story is the next time you see a black cat, don't panic and run the other way. As the proud owner of a beautiful and lovable black cat named Nye, who has become my alter ego, I think you should consider adopting one of your own. And just to clear up another suspicion you might be harboring, I happen to be a senior citizen whose cat is her only housemate, but I am definitely not a witch. Very, very good, Kathy. Awesome. And true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our next reader is Clarice Cargill. The title of my poem is Halloween. Of course. The skeleton rattles his thin white bones. The black-hatted witch flies by on her broom. Did you ever see such a sight? There's a fireman dragging a rubber hose and a pretty acrobat touching her toes. A parade, believe it or not, a Halloween parade. A clown is there with very big feet, and a ghost appears in a big white sheet. Boo, boo, away you go, out of a way, or we'll scare you so. Out of our way now, we say. They're chanting, rattling, whatever they do. There's more. How many? I wish I knew. The parade turns into the old graveyard. A statue of a mastiff at the gate stands guard. The moon casts its light on this very strange scene of unusual characters, and of course, just me. Sights and sounds that I will never forget. Very strange people that I had never met. Then all noise stopped, and my heart skipped a beat. A large black cat with his back arched high ran by me with a piercing shriek. Oh, my. My feet took me out of that graveyard so fast, I felt like I had been driven by a rocket's blast. I can tell you no more of this mysterious tale, an apparition, perhaps, on this Halloween day. And me? I ran home and put up my feet. When I was relaxed, 
I went out for trick or treat. <laughs> that is so good. And our next reader is Carol Belcher. Hello. The title of my story is Excitement. When my friend Martha and I were little girls, about six years old, we were given permission to go out on Halloween night. We were ecstatic that we were finally old enough for that adventure. We decided right away what we were going to do. We had been talking about it for a month with the hope that we would be allowed to do it. We planned to make an old white tablecloth into two ghost costumes, and then we'd go up the street to the four corners where there was an empty stand where corn had been sold in season. We would jump up and yell boo whenever our car stopped at the intersection. Back then, there was not much traffic, but we were sure we would scare a few drivers. So, on a very chilly Halloween night in 1940, Martha and I put on our scary costumes over our coats. We even wore mittens. Giggling with excitement, we hurried to the corn stand and climbed inside. We could seek a car coming down the hill, and we got ready for the first scare. When the driver stopped, we yelled, Boo! and he glanced over at us, and we thought he grinned. When a second car stopped, there were two people in it. A woman looked out at us and laughed, and told the driver to look, and he laughed too. Not quite the reaction we thought we'd get, but a reaction nonetheless. As the evening passed, traffic stopped, and we were getting really cold. As we were just ready to climb out of the hiding place, a huge white form loomed up in front of us. It was moaning and said, I'm so hungry. We hid for a few minutes, and when we thought that thing was gone, we ran like the wind to my house. We were so frightened we could hardly tell my mother what had happened. My dad came into the kitchen and asked what happened, and we repeated our story. Dad smiled and said, Imagine that. I wonder what kind of being that was. I'll bet it was another ghost. As he left the room, we could hear a chuckle. Martha and I looked at each other, and we just knew who that ghost was. We sat down after taking off costumes and coats and had some cocoa with marshmallows. We agreed it had been a wonderful, exciting Halloween. Nice memory. Our next reader is Gail Alcaris. Happy Halloween. The wind whistles in my hair as goosebumps rise on my neck and a white owl sweeps across my field of vision. Hoo, hoo, he shouts. I don't know who thought up this great plan to investigate the haunted house on the hill. My brother takes the prize for being the prevaricator of the year. He said he'd take me and stay with me, but of course he disappeared shortly after we arrived. Each one in my group has a different corner of the house to explore. As I make it to the front step, something underneath the leaves dead in front of me rustles. I quickly draw back, 
but only a small mouse scoops out from underneath the pile. Going on, I reach the front door and ring the bell. No noise. If that was supposed to frighten the others, they were oblivious. Twisting the knob, I ease my way inside. Nothing. My flashlight reaches into all the corners, but no one is waiting to jump out and scare me. I go through all the rooms on the first floor, except the kitchen. Probably they will have a hanging ghost knife high from the ceiling, some ketchup in a puddle on the floor, and a bunch of rags in a devious position. Still, I haven't run screaming in term, where are the rest of the group anyway? Suppose I should just skip the kitchen for now and see if the rest are rejected. Creep them, creep them, creep them, creep them, creep them to your chin. Open up your little mouth, but do not let them in. I keep repeating this to myself over and over again as I creep up the stairs while there are very many creepy accompaniments, but no heaven view. I stealthily lean against the bedroom door, and when it gives in, I stumble into the room, but I don't cry out. My flashlight searches every curve, but no one has a spot. That statement is upset with the next three bedrooms. Finally, I think, all right, I'll try the kitchen now. It is exactly as I had pictured it. Well, shall I try the cellar now, or should I just quit while I'm ahead? I think I'll quit. Down the stairs I go, open the front door, and look back somewhat stiffly to assess the situation. As I look forward, a large shade steps forward and reaches toward me. This time I do scream. Thanks, a bowl of shadows surround me and reach as if to grab me. Going on screaming, I think I might faint as my brother and all the others rip off their black blankets and shout, surprise, happy Halloween. Our next reader is Bill Wiley. Hi, uh, this is a poem I wrote for Halloween called Halloween Night. Halloween night is here. Ghosts and goblins will be very near. Some look creepy, some look cute. Kids dressed up in their Halloween suits. You give them treats, you give them candy. This cute little girl by the name of Mandy. They paint their pretty little heads like the walk of the living dead. They gross themselves out till they make you scream and shout. They dress like angels, they dress like devils, but believe me, folks, they are on the level. The living dead will rise when the fall of night arrives. They'll walk amongst the living, they'll take without giving. So friends, don't drop out of sight on this Halloween night. Very good. And our next reader is Alice Judge. Hi, I'm Alice Judge, and I decided to talk about Halloween in general. My friends invited me last week to a haunted train in keeping with Halloween. This is an annual fundraiser for an organization in town, and apparently tickets go quickly. The train doesn't move. One travels through different cars on the train. I never scream so loud, she laughed. 
I'm glad she enjoyed herself. That kind of fun is not for me. Skeletons, ghouls, spiders brushing your face, cobwebs entangled in your hair. But I seem to be in the minority because there are many houses of horrors around. The other day I passed a house with skeletons on the lawn, a tombstone with R.I.P., rest in peace. But what made me give a second look was a skeleton of a full-size horse. Where would you get such a thing? But wait, Halloween has become such a big holiday for props that there are stores that will have everything you want to haunt another human being. I sold my house in 2001 and moved into my condo October 31st. My son helped me that day, and then we went out to dinner afterwards. I suggested we drive past my house to see if they were handing out candy. They were. The holiday has really taken off since the 1800s, when Frankenstein became a comic book, then a movie, and still can be seen as a costume on Halloween. When retail stores started selling Halloween candy last August, it got me to thinking if Halloween would surpass Christmas in popularity. So I checked with today's authority on everything, Google, and according to them, we don't have to worry. Christmas ranks first, and people send out 1.6 billion cards. Halloween is sixth on the list with 17 million. Thanksgiving ranks second, and several other holidays, such as Easter, were before Halloween. It is a holiday not to be taken too seriously, but to enjoy what one likes in it. I enjoy the little ones coming to the door in Elmo costumes and Star Wars suits since they let me recall a sweeter day and a softer time. Very good. That was a wonderful story. And my story isn't necessarily a Halloween story, but it is a scary story. So... I'm Sue Wade, and here is my tale. Sally was not feeling well and decided to stay home and enjoy a rare day off. Sitting in her front room with a cup of tea and a book, she enjoyed the view of the trees dancing in their fall colors of red and gold. Suddenly, a big black SUV pulled up across the street. No one emerged. The windows were dark, and she could not see inside. On and off all day, she looked at the car and saw no one. As she became ready for bed, she gazed out the window one more time. No SUV. That was strange, she thought, crawling into bed for a good night's sleep. All thoughts of the car vanished. Tap, 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 tap. Softly at her window, she pulled the sheets up tightly around her, wondering if she should cover her head. Tap, 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 continued all night. Come morning, Sally felt groggy and stayed home one more day. The SUV had returned. No one emerged. Sally napped on and off all day. Each time she woke, the SUV was still there. That night, the car was gone. The tapping returned. Another restless night. This has to stop, she thought. 
Come morning, she decided to play detective. Out she went, with a baseball bat in hand, slowly walking around the house to her bedroom window, and laughed. There, hanging, was a broken branch with its bony fingers tapping at her window. She pulled down the branch as she smiled. How silly she was to lose two nights' sleep. As she walked back to the front of the house, smelling smoke and fresh-baked <coughs> goods on the autumn air, the black SUV returned. She took a deep breath and walked with the baseball bat over her shoulders up to the car. All right, open the window and talk to me, she bravely said. Slowly the window opened to reveal the most gorgeous blue eyes staring back at her. Is there a problem? The smile matched the eyes. Oh, why did he have to look like that, Sally thought. You pull up here and do not get out. Are you surveying something or someone? Sorry, my name is Ryan and I recently moved in. I work nights and have been falling asleep in the car once I am home. Now I feel silly. Come on in for a cup of coffee and we can talk. Sally smiled as she became better acquainted with her new neighbor and how silly she was. Very good. And you don't have anything today? Uh, I'm, I will provide you with an anecdote. Oh, if you great. Will. So this one is extemp. My Last Halloween. Oh, okay. By Peter J. My Last Halloween, we decided since it was the last, I was going for a record. We were going to go trick-or-treating for candy as long as people would tolerate us. So I was with my two friends, Kenny and Danny. The three of us were hell-bent for records. We had our pillowcases, and we were on the march. Now, I lived in the city, and every house was the big square triple-decker. Long about the time people started saying, isn't it getting a little late? We started getting the hint, and so the last house that we went to, another triple-decker, the door was already cracked open a little bit, so we started in. Danny hit the doorbell anyway. We were about three feet inside the hallway, facing the stairwell, and the door buzzer goes off like crazy as whoever was on the third floor let us in. This was a particularly loud buzzer. Kenny went nuts, arms and legs flailing all over the place up the stairs, his pillowcase flying around like a white surrender flag. And by the time he was done, probably 15 seconds later, his candy was all over all three stairs. So we probably spent another 10 minutes or so retrieving everything and went home. Kenny didn't have quite as much candy as we did. <laughs> Sue, any last words? I just hope that everybody enjoyed our take on the holiday and remember them for like next year when it comes around again. So I hope you all enjoyed and we will see you again next month. If you would like to participate in our Senior Story Hour, just call the Senior Center at 508-520-4945. 
For all of our writers today, Faith Flaherty, Joe Ewald, Kathy Salzberg, Clarice Cargill, I'm Alice Judge, Carol Belcher, Gail Alcaris, I'm William Wiley, and I'm Sue Wade. Thanks for being with us here on Senior Story Hour and sharing in today's stories. For all of today's writers, I'm Peter Jay. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, the meaningful experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write. Happy Halloween!